Welcome to the Zero to 60 podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Uh, Bree Macy's is off this morning. She'll be monitoring the comments and helping us answer some of these questions from, uh, you know, from Buffalo country, from everybody out there in Colorado land that wants uh, some questions answered today. And we had a long talk about this on Coach JB's show this morning. Uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to dedicate about 25, 30 minutes to this and then I'm not going to have my loyalty questioned by a bunch of fans uh, <clears throat> after that anymore uh, today. Uh, but as always, our title sponsor for Zero to 60 is our good friends at Bet Online. Uh, they do a great job supporting the show, uh, you know, with, with all the sports in full swing from UC, from the UFC to the NBA to the NHL and, of course, college football and the NFL. Uh, Bet Online is your place to do all of your sports wagering, all of your news, your notes. Hell, they even have the weather. That's how I get my weather on that site. So BetOnline is our title sponsor. They do a great job, and we are uh, lucky to have them as we roll here on Zero to 60 on the Believe Network. Now, yesterday I went on Jason Whitlock's show, and well, I, I can't honestly say I've seen a lot of Jason Whitlock's shows. Uh, I don't really watch other people's shows. I don't like to skew my opinion with other people's opinions. So... You know, Coach JB has been on his show several times. And from what I could gather, doing my research beforehand, not a whole lot of Colorado Buffaloes go on the show. In fact, none. And he talked some shit. Like, he said some things about Coach Prime that I don't agree with and some things that I tried to defend Shador on and, and Coach Prime. But numbers also don't lie. So there's a lot to talk about here. And I don't, Jason Whitlock may be a clown to some of you. This is how I feel about this. And I'm going to clip this part and post it. Sports is the great melting pot. The, the United States is supposed to be. It ain't. It's a bunch of fucking groups of people that can't sit down at a table and talk and figure shit out. And everybody just points fingers and yells and hates each other. And social media is a fucking cesspool of it. Well, now sports is becoming that, where if you don't agree with somebody, you can't talk to them. And if anybody that you agree with or like talks to them, then that person that you agree with or like is canceled. Well, you see, you can't cancel me. There's nothing you can do out there to hurt me. I don't work for a corporation. I own all my own businesses. And I don't need to cater to y'all to be honest about what I'm watching. So when Coach Prime and I have a relationship that is, I say, pretty solid, and he knows that I'm here to help, that's all I really care about. Because I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't know what I'm talking about. And act like, you know, the one eye that I have isn't working when I'm watching football. So... The whole Whitlock thing is because none of you pussies will do it. None of the other media will go on that show and defend Colorado and talk about Coach Prime. Nobody. He just sits there and eviscerates Coach Prime and Shador. And from what I could gather doing my research, like I said, and talking to Coach JB and some other people, he was pretty opinionated about it. Well, yeah, he does a sports radio show on YouTube that, and all this other shit that is like, that's very popular. And there's a lot of people that don't like him and they listen. And there's a lot of people that do like him and they listen. And that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. I don't give a shit if you don't like me. I don't know you. I'm not trying to convince you that like my loyalty to the University of Colorado is unquestionable. But my loyalty to my business and feeding my children and providing and all of the things that the University of Colorado taught me to do, be a stand-up dude, wake up every morning, go to work, be a good father, you know, have a fucking moral high ground character, not just be a character, just because you are a character doesn't mean you fucking have it. You know, all those things that that place taught me, as it reformed me, it did not recruit me. Coach Barnett and Coach Wilson reformed me, they did not recruit me. They taught me to stand up to people that may be talking shit. So the the fact that like everybody's mad at me for stating that we're dead last running the football, are we not? Are we, did we not get our first round quarterbacks hit so many times that he broke his back? 
did that not happen? Like, how long are Buffalo fans going to sit here with their eyes covered just because they got shades on? I got shades on, and I can see. Coach Prime can see the problem. He's going to try and fix it. I mean, if you really care this much, I really hope you're contributing to the, the fund and the NIL fund. I really, I really hope you are. Because, to be honest with you, the venom... Then there was a ton of support, too. You know, there's a ton of ex-players that reached out last night, guys that I know that were like, wow, that was some real shit. And that's what I try and do, just give my truth. Again, like, anyone questioning my loyalty to Colorado was probably a huge Jackson State fan last year and just loves Coach Prime. And they think that I'm attacking him when in actuality I'm supporting him. You imagine how good that team could be if they had monsters in the trench? And yeah, I got guys and I could help them. They need to use their resources. Is that also wrong? Do you don't want my players up there? Do you want them to start for Michigan and Florida State and Washington? Oh, shit. All three of those teams are going to be in the playoff probably? Wow, that's fucking crazy. And the Ferguson kid at Oregon, he's from Heritage. Yeah, we don't want him either. He might be in the playoff. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we don't want those players. So, look, man... Uh, The amount of people that just watch clips and try and make a generalization about it, I know that that's what you do. I don't expect you to do anything else. Like I said yesterday, cowards only make sense to other cowards. I don't have anything in common with lazy motherfuckers. I don't have anything in common with cowards. I don't have anything in common with keyboard warriors. I don't have anything in common with fake accounts. I don't have anything in common with fucking burners. I don't have anything in common with any of this shit. I think it's the cowards way fucking out. Yesterday, the the dude, Dave Talks Buffs or some shit is the guy on Twitter. Um, is that his name? That's his name, right? Yep. He decided to write my entire last name. Now, look, I only know about this because someone screenshotted it, me, it to me when I was at the gym. You know, I, I knew there would be some blowback, but for him to write my whole name and know that the C is lowercase, M, lowercase C, big C, well, that means he must have looked me up. So if you can write my whole name, I guess you can tag me. And this is what I'm talking about with cowards. So is there anything in the post here that where they have questions about what they need me to ask? So throw one up and I'll answer one of the questions. Yeah, if you watch the game, you see that it was a cancerous problem. Again, the first round talent quarterback, Shador Sanders, Deion Sanders' son. Uh, broke his back. I have a five-level cage fusion in my back. When you hurt your back, you never unhurt your back. This will be a problem for him for the rest of his life. He will always have to deal with it, and it will always be on his mind. And it's fixable. And the fact that the scheme wasn't changed, or they didn't run max protection, they didn't move the pocket, they didn't the hardcore play action, they didn't throw the ball out of 21, 22, 23, 13 personnel with multiple tight ends on the field because they didn't have them. Yes, one named Christian Fourier hit the prop, uh, portal today. Or excuse me, that was Caleb Fourier, his son. Christian Fourier played for 15 years in the league and is a great buff. His son hit the portal. Didn't even see the field. I don't know if he can play or not. I don't know. So, you know, that I agree. The O-line was a huge problem. And it can be fixed, and it needs to be. And honestly, in the generation where we can just buy players, I am challenging every rapper, celebrity, movie star, The Rock. Shador Sanders needs to sell his Rolls Royce. Shia needs to sell his Lamborghini. Like, are we really invested? In, like, I see professional quarterbacks say, his Shador Sanders' idol is Tom Brady. Tom Brady took pay cuts constantly to sign players. Well, are you going to take pay? You want to sell your Rolls Royce for 500 Gs? I bet you could get two or three offensive linemen to protect you, and then we can actually go get the real bag in the NFL. I'm sure that's going to piss people off, too. All you're going to do with that Rolls Royce, bro, is get parking service on your ass. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. They, they know exactly where that's going. They're kicking into that shit every time you pull up somewhere. So... 
again, I've been saying this all week because I, I feel like I've just been reiterating it. And fuck, it's only Tuesday. But the transfer portal is where you go to get played, and the NFL is where you go to get paid, dog. So these are small potatoes. And the, the NIL stuff, you know, all, all those big timers, all those celebrities, where is your pocketbook? Little Wayne, you want to help Colorado instead of just walking them out, which was awesome. I love Little Wayne. Like, bro, write a million-dollar check. It's tax exempt. Put it in the NIL fund and go on social media. Like, I just wrote a million-dollar check to see you to help coach prime land players. Get on the phone and start calling them. It's funny how everybody disappeared after they started to struggle. Huh. Shocking. Um, Darwin Rucker wants to know, how do you develop a player to become tougher? Is that possible? Okay, so, look, I don't really think you can teach toughness, but you can damn sure hone it. So you recruit toughness. You find it. You have to scour film. You have to go find players. You know, the, the I'm just going to use personal example, but, you know, guys that I played with, like walk-ons that I played with in Colorado that include Joel Klatt. Like, it, just toughness breeds toughness. If you have tough, tough motherfuckers on your team, when I got there in 2000, we were surrounded by tough people that were surrounded by tough people when they got there that were surrounded by tough people when they got there. Culture matters. You have to have a toughness culture. It has to be embedded in you. The Dirty Dozen sessions have to be terrible. If you don't know what a Dirty Dozen is, you're not a Buff fan. Balt Fieldhouse, whatever you call that hell hole on the west side of the stadium, everybody wants to tear it down. I think they should go run it in again. Instead of running in the nice indoor facility and everything all cushy, go move the fucking chairs out of that place and go run like 55 straight 40-yard sprints full speed with every coach standing around with a yellow flag and every motherfucker that loafs by class, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. We'll go through all of our stations. We've got six different stations, agility, work, and competition where you're going against a different team. And if you lose, you do up-downs or run a fucking lap around that godforsaken place. You're just more tired. And then at the end of it, my senior year in 04, we ran 7240s to finish the fucking Big 12s. 12 5 a.m. workouts. And when you get to number 12, the coaches just stand there. Every every day at the end of it, they have you run 10, 20, 30, or 40-yard sprints as a group. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And anyone that loafs, anyone that jumps, anybody that doesn't get on the line, anyone that falls out, they just throw a flag and call your fucking name. And the whole group turns around and goes, if I have to keep running for your ass, you're not going to be on this fucking team. And you know what that shows you? That shows you on fourth and one on the goal line against Colorado State, who's going to show the fuck up and fight. That shows you when you go to Lincoln at the end of the year to fucking beat your rival and win the North and keep them out of a bowl game for the first time in 57 years. That shows you who's going to fucking fight. When you start 3-0, and my senior year, after everyone picked us to go 0-12 after the Katie Nida scandal. Okay, when you start 3-0, and and you got BG Brooks saying we're going to be 0-12 and, and shit. And then, by October, you're 4-4. Four and four. Does this sound familiar? And then you have to go on a three-game win streak to win your division and get into the Big 12 title game. That's what toughness is, bro. That's back against the wall, adversity molding toughness. And I don't think you can just do that by hoping for it or going to the transfer portal to try and find it. You have to build it. It has to be ingrained in the community. That's why I think singing the fight song is such a big deal. If you don't think singing the fight song is a big deal, I think that's a big deal. And I keep bringing it up. And apparently, not that big of a deal. So, I'm not going to stop bringing it up. Ever. Can you talk about uh, the 03 buffs? Talk about that year and how it's comparable to this team. So, the 03 buffs, this is a great question. Who's that? Smoke and Dreddy. Bro, great fucking question. The 03 buffs, we were coming off two, we were coming off, I was a, I redshirted medically my in 02. I broke my leg in camp and I couldn't play. So that was my red shirt. I played as a freshman, started a bunch as a sophomore, won the Big 12. In 02, we were 9-5. and five. We lost a bunch of games close, won the North again, lost to Oklahoma twice that year. And then in 03, 
uh, Gary made Coach Barnett, you know, made no disrespect. Shouldn't have called him by his first name. I apologize, Coach. Um, Coach B decided to make some changes. And, you know, those changes were the great Doc Crease, rest in peace, uh, who, I mean, it makes me emotional talking about him, but you want to talk about motherfucking toughness. It starts in the weight room, bro. And Doc Crease molded us to be the toughest fucking people on earth. The, the runs at Potts Field, stepping in potholes and rolling your ankle, having to be there at six in the fucking morning to listen to Doc sit there and go, hell, son, Colorado's got the toughest schedule in the country. We got Washington and Washington State. Today we're going to run a 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, 2 and a half. At the end, we got a hero or zero. Who the fuck you want to be? And this man, I mean, he used to read the fucking sports page in the electric chair when he was a warden in the fucking prison system in Arkansas. This is a bad motherfucker. I'm not saying the strength staff is there isn't that way. I'm saying that the oh, like when you have a fabric like that, it's hard to break. So when Doc Crease leaves and goes to UCLA, and EB leaves and goes to UCLA, and Embry leaves, and there's this dissension on the on the the coaching staff, and we change the defense from. You know, two high safeties, like cloud coverage. We were middle of the road defensively. We ran we ran the shit out of the ball. We had great offensive lines. Obviously, Chris Brown was the 2002 Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. We went single high, and we were really good against the run in 03, but we were extremely average against the pass. We got beat over the top constantly. We couldn't run the ball consistently, but our offensive line was not – bad clap didn't really get hit that much with the exception of the ucla game clap balled out i mean the, the you know we we had a very good football team that all came back the next year so i'm glad you brought this up because the entire fucking roster could come back in boulder if they want to come back and this is where you need player meetings and i'm really hoping this happens i'm praying to god that the leaders on that team shador sanders travis hunter shiloh sanders you're the de facto leaders bro period you're all over the commercials. You're all over social media. You got the nice cars. You got the swag. You got the shine. Everybody everybody loves you. You're the fucking leaders. Are you shutting the door at the team room and kicking the coaches out, including Coach Prime, and sitting this team down and going, we're not going to the portal. We're gelling together this year in the offseason. We are coming together as men to make sure this doesn't happen. We're not running from adversity. We're building from it. We're not losing. We're fucking learning. And I'm sorry, man, but if this doesn't resonate with you and you don't understand the passion that I feel for this place, you're a fuck boy. And you're exactly who I'm talking to. You're just some fucking fan that was a Jackson State fan last next year. And if Coach Prime is coaching at Florida State in two years, you'll be an FSU fan. Well, the University of Colorado is bigger than any man. Any man. The logo is bigger than all of us. It's bigger than Prime. It's bigger than Mac is bigger than Gary Barnett. It's bigger than Rick George. It's bigger than Cornell Stewart. It's bigger than EB. It's bigger than Rashawn Salam, God rest his soul. It's bigger than Matt Russell. Reese Russell, his son, just started the program at the gym, fucking animal. Might want to recruit him. It's bigger than any one man. So the, the, the team up there, you play for Colorado. You don't play for yourselves at Colorado. Come together. And you can be, next year, you will run the Big 12. You've got the best quarterback in the country returning. This should be a mecca for kids to want to come play in Boulder. If you want to decommit because they fell on hard times, good. We don't want your ass. Kick motherfucking rocks. Next question. <laughs> Go ahead and tell people to like the stream. Like the stream. Pound the like button. It's, we got 179, 180 eyes on it. You better be pounding that, pounding that like button. Even if you don't like me, pound the like button. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm not here to make you feel good. Exactly. Ivan asked, can we get alumni like Philip Lindsay and you down there at some point to get them in the meetings and teach them some CU tradition? Right. Look, it, it, you can only ask so many times, but I will continue to talk about it. I'm, I'm not saying that they don't know CU tradition. It's on the walls everywhere. The pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the motherfucking timid or the weak. And I, I live by that shit every day. I use it at the gym. The pride and tradition of 6-0 Football Academy will not be entrusted to the timid or the motherfucking weak. So I learned how to do this there. And 
Phil Lindsay's a great example of a Denver kid who loved that place. And like, you know, he was the last kid offered in his recruiting class. And Coach Mack took an opportunity on a kid who tore his ACL coming out of high school. And he's proud Dungeon family. I love Phil. But again, like, you have to ask. You have to pick up the phone and say, we want we want more than just the illusion of support from celebrities, the media, social media, and big timers. That's what I want. The illusion of support is what we got. And if that offends you, what do you think when, when we started struggling, did you see all the fucking hip hop stars and basketball players and big timers actors and the rock and shit? Were they there when we were struggling? Nope. They disappeared like cast with a ghost dog. And that's kind of my point here is that shit's fleeting. The work and the grind never is. That's what you can fall back on. They got hired last year and had to go straight to work reforming the roster. Now you have a full off season. That private jet better be in the air to go get players. It will mean a lot when Dion walks off that jet to go see you. That means a lot. Rather than just expecting guys to go there. That's not going to work. They're already decommitting because they aren't. They don't care about Colorado. They just saw the shine and they're like, hey, I want some of this. And then the minute it wasn't shiny anymore and it got a little dirt on it and tarnish, which is where I, I that's that's the, the sweet spot for me because that means we can improve. All those kids would rather go somewhere that's already established. That's not the kind of people we want. We don't want people that just want to go somewhere that's already established. Nah, man, come to Boulder and change the legacy behind Coach Prime and make this work. You have to find the dogs if you want to turn them loose. You can't get a bunch of fucking kitty cats out here and be like, oh, be a dog today. Nah, man, a tiger can't change his stripes, bro. You either are or you aren't a bad motherfucker. I can't turn you into something you ain't. Next question. Uh, Andre Duke wants to know, can you reflect on your senior day? So the last time you took off those pads, is there anything you miss about that day? Well, the last time I took off my pads at Folsom was the 38-31 win against Kansas State where Klatt hit Ron Monte down the left sideline. We were tied 31-31 against an unbelievably tough Bill Schneider team. Mike Johnson, their center, played in the NFL for a while, went to Fairview. We were in the same recruiting class. He wore number 60. I wore number 60. It was a fucking battle all day. Multiple multiple games, but that was a war. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I really missed the game with K-State. I'm glad we're back in the Big 12 with them. I think that's going to be a nice rivalry. Um, but taking, like, I was super emotional after the game. I was in tears in the locker room, especially after seeing the fight song for the last time. It, it, it really was, uh, it was special, man. And again, I keep reiterating this and people just don't get it, but the fight song that we sing in the stands, it's nice. And everybody gets to curse and curse around their mom or their grandma and be, oh my God, fuck them up, fuck them up, go see you. But that ain't the goddamn fight song that we sing. And if you don't know what this is, then you don't know shit about wartime. And you don't, you, you weren't there. You don't know. And if I can't teach it or if somebody else can't go in there and teach that, they will never know. And, you know, it, it, it hurt taking off the pads. But it, thankfully, we got to go to Lincoln the next week and win and stop their bull streak, which was... Again, the, the the inside of that locker room hasn't heard the fight song very many times. But I did it in 04. We did it in 02. We did it in 04. And then I went back in 2018 and stood on the sideline with Sean Tufts. And we got to sing it that day, too. I got a nice video of that. That was fun. You don't get to sing that fight song there very much. So when you get to sing it at Memorial, that's always a good day. We went and played Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game. They beat the shit out of us. They were the number one team in the country. Adrian Peterson went off. Shocking. And then we got to play in a bowl game. And we went to the Houston Bowl, which was a very lackluster bowl game, in my opinion. I was pissed off that we only won eight games. We lost two games in overtime to Texas A&M and Missouri. And we won a bowl game. And when I sat down for the last time, actually, you know, we were down at halftime in that game. And I remember walking in, and Coach Barnett all week was just talking about the future because we only lost, like, seven seniors. I was the only senior starter on defense at three techniques. Sam Wilder, my best friend, and – Godfather and my children who played left tackle there was also a captain. 
he was, you know, obviously one of the seniors. Purify, who's another captain and brother of mine. You know, Terrence Barrow and some other cats. And I remember at halftime, you know, listening to the coaches talk about the future and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I got up on a chair and I threw the chair into the whiteboard and I got up and said, there's no fucking way we're losing this game. Pull your head out of your motherfucking asses. Reach down and grab your fucking balls as men and walk the fuck out and beat the shit out of these people in the second half so we can get out of here. And then you can talk about the fucking future. And we did. And when I took my pads off for the last time that day, it hurt, bro. And it's fucking supposed to. If it doesn't, we don't want you. We've got to start recruiting guys that want to bleed black and gold again. Not just guys that want to are attracted to the shine. Like the shine wears. I went three and eight my so- my freshman year. I went ten and three my sophomore year. The red shirt year we were nine and four. My junior year we were five and seven. Everyone's calling for people's heads. My senior year we're eight and five and win the north again. Not a great year, but damn sure not zero and twelve like fucking BG Brooks was predicting. So having a little bit of pride in your university and where you play i think it's fucking standard i don't understand how people don't have more i mean i understand that college football is a business now but as a man do you want to develop or do you just want to go be on a team like are you content with just having your picture taken and putting it on twitter or do you actually want to be a foundation piece of something special because like look Bree's going through comments right here but i will ask her this question when we went up to the game and you saw me interact with all my boys. Did that seem like it was fake? Do you think you can do that in the transfer portal? No, it was real upstanding, genuine relationships. And you've you yeah. held those up for decades. And that is why college football is so special and so important. Because it is the foundation of so many fathers and future coaches and leaders in our community. And right now it is being monetized rather than something that is being earned. And I don't have a problem if you earn your money, but as a guy who does this for a living and I've got coaches calling me saying they've got $500,000 for tackles, like we gotta get guys in. Well, if you're a graduate transfer and you put in time, that's an opportunity I'm willing to help you get. If you're a high school kid, I I don't know how you can give money to high school kids, bro. You, like, come on, give me a fucking break. You, <laughs> Let's go earn this shit when we get to school. Earn your scholarship and then go to school and earn the money. How about we, holy shit, I know this is going to be fucking crazy. How about we uh, earn it? Earn it. Well, Tom Hanks at the end of Saving Private Ryan when he pulls Matt Damon in and says, earn this. That's what I mean. Earn it. Next question. Uh, Giggity wants to know how much does development and pay factor into an O-line's recruit uh, a decision into a program? I want you to tie that into what you're just talking about. I don't think that pay really, well, it depends. If you're a transfer portal guy and you've put in a ton of work and, and you have the ability to leverage opportunity correctly, okay. Well, you know, Drake Nugent, Casey Roddick, the, they did that last year and it worked out for them because they had a ton of starts under their belt. They just were on bad football teams and now they're on great football teams and they're probably going to be both in the playoffs. So if you monetize it correctly and you do it right, that's one thing. If you're just looking for the money up front, like somehow college football owes you some shit, like it's not going to be able to move forward regardless of how good of a player you think you are. The beauty of football is it will leave you. Let me reiterate that. The beauty of football is that it's finite. And you have to decide whether or not you're going to go out on your fucking feet or on your knees. And once you understand that it can be taken from you, whether physically they can cut you, they can, you can never play. You can give everything to this. You can be the best, hardest working motherfucker on the team. Never see the field. Happens all the time. So it can be taken from you. So if you're not trying to go develop, what, like, why do you think Talon Chandler really decommitted? I know he wanted to go to Missouri, but he sees Missouri going this way and the development of their offensive line. He wants to play in the NFL and he sees Colorado going this way because of the lack of development of the offensive line and the inability to, you know, produce positive plays through the running game or protect the passer. And I don't think that very many of the CU offensive linemen 
I think both the tackles will get looks because of their size, but I don't think there's any draft picks on the line, and I'm not out of line for saying that. Especially as a guy who was fucking undrafted. I'll say whatever I want. So, look, it's all about development. That's why I do what I do. That's why I got up this morning at 4 a.m. and went to the picked up my son and went to the gym. So go look at what we did this morning. That's called development. That's called culture. There's a reason 6-0 Football Academy Dungeon Family is all over the fucking map. Everywhere. They're all tough, like-minded, ass-kickers. They all love it. They're all about the grind. They want to develop. They want to earn the money, not just get a check. They make me proud, bro. And I don't think it's unreasonable to want that in Boulder with all the shine that Prime brings. If they can figure out a way to mesh this together, they will have an unstoppable force unknown to mankind in college football, period. But if there's going to be sensitivity to the confrontation that comes with coaching, criticism, football in general, he said, he, Coach Prime is an advocate for fighting in practice. There, If I was on that team, there would be a motherfucking fist fight every two goddamn plays. I got to find out who's actually tough, who's going to stand up to the team we have to beat, who's going to, I mean, the rushing guards at, at Utah in a one-score game where they got fucked out of three, count of, might as well got shot out of three motherfucking uh, uh, touchdowns, two by bad calls, one by a penalty. But really, the reason we lost, you want to know why we lost? Because they had 267 yards rushing or some crazy shit. With a fifth-string quarterback, Eric Weddle is one of my boys, all-time great at Utah, unbelievable player in the NFL. I, I was texting with him all day, and I was like, you guys are probably going to kill us. And he goes, oh, it'll be a really close game. We've got our fifth-string quarterback. And he was right, fifth-string quarterback. He struggled. They couldn't throw the ball. CU played their ass off. And we had 37 yards rushing, and they had 270. That's why we lost. It's not because of play calling it's not be it's because of the trench and toughness all i'm doing is trying to advocate that we actually get tough in the trench and there's nothing wrong with that if you have a problem with how i'm going about it well that sucks because i'm going to double down on this motherfucker next question let's double down on your love for cu and especially your support for coach prime there's a lot of people who want to know do you believe in what coach prime is building very much so i i was one of the advisory board members with bloom and clap so many others talking to rodney and his guys before they came in um i was the first meeting he took after his press conference up in the room with coach hart and rodney and coach prime he just walked in and you know, big fella, you're going to help me turn this around? Absolutely, Coach. I'm all in on Coach Prime. I think he has the ability to galvanize and kind of revolutionize the way that college football is being recruited, being taught, being played. But he's got to be he, – he's got to understand that no one's perfect and we've all got to improve. Everything has to improve. And to, to act like it was going to be a quick fix – you haven't been here for 20 years. I'm 42 years old. Okay. I've been retired since 2011. I was an extremely average player. I am the last captain to hold a bowl game trophy that we won in Boulder. My son's getting recruited now. It's not acceptable. So to think it was going to be a quick turnaround, to be honest with you, I think he turned it around pretty fucking quick. I mean, even though it's not a turnaround, like they're, they're like Austin Powers right now stuck in the hallway. They're trying to turn it around. It's just real tight angle. And to have, what, six of their eight losses by one score, that's when that's lose small. And the next step next year is win small. But only if you have the same core pretty much because that core went through all that. You can't eradicate the core and then expect them to understand the struggle. That was, you know, like thinking about it more when he came in, losing guys like Austin Johnson to Purdue and Jake Wiley to UCLA and Casey Roddick to, to Florida State. Those three particularly. Losing guys like that, they were there at the 111 struggle. They were there through four or five head coaches. And, yeah, they chose to leave, but Colorado and Coach Prime didn't choose to chase them either. So 
it, sometimes the guys who go through the adversity need to be the ones you build around to overcome it because they were there when it was fucking bad. You can't tell people that weren't involved in the trauma about the trauma. They roll your they roll their eyes at you like, oh, you're complaining. Well, we don't have room for complaints. Well, there's reasons and excuses, and there's reasons why Colorado was terrible. And when you eradicate all of that. And just say, we're just going to get rid of all the pain, yet the fans know it. you still got some guys on the team that know it, but they're trying to buy into the new way. When adversity hits, you don't have anybody to fall back on that was there when the adversity was overcome. So, you know, it's again, it's why I talk about losing and learning all the time. It's, it's not personal. It's, look, it's not personal, but it is. There's literally nothing I give a fuck about in sports. I want the Nuggets to win. It was awesome last year when they did. But if they wouldn't have won the title, that sucks. Like, get them next year. If the Broncos win or lose, I could give a flying fuck. I don't care. Like, it's entertainment to me. Do your job. You're an NFL football player, whatever. If the Jets win or, if the Jets ever win a Super Bowl, I'll be fucking amazed. But if they win or lose, I know they're going to lose. I don't even care. It doesn't mean shit to me. The NFL's a business. The only thing I give a fuck about is, the University of Colorado football. It's the only place I ever wanted to play. I committed immediately when they offered me as a sophomore in high school. I was raised on this shit. My hatred for Nebraska and Oklahoma and Kansas State runs super deep. But I know the business of football. And there's no room for sensitivity when you're criticizing. And criticizing is coaching. Period. I'm not there to tell you that you're nice every five minutes and jerk you off. I, once I tell you you're good, believe it and act like it. Because the more that you shun your own gift as a player or you don't lead when you know you should speak or you're, you know, you're being molded one way yet you think you should be going another, that is not leadership. That is conforming. And we don't need any more conformists in Boulder. Uh, and honestly, I think we have the right man at the head. It's Who's he going to surround himself with when they do restaff, which I'd imagine they will. I mean, I, I kind of like the fact that they're taking so much time trying to figure this out. And he's probably having a lot of meetings with his staff. Um, I like that, but there's going to be opportunity out there. So we'll see. Um, couple, you, couple more. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on George Hageman from IMG being the possible I think I saw O-line coach floated around last uh, for next season. I mean, why? So he can bring Jordan Seaton? I mean, again, like this is, no, this ain't happening. And, and look, I'm not saying he couldn't be the coach. I'm sure he could. He's a great coach. I've got the left guard, Brett Coolidgey, is from fucking Valor. And in my program, plays right next to Jordan Seaton. You want to get Jordan Seaton, go recruit Breck. Not his coach. I mean, it, Come on, man. It, it, it's this Jordan Seaton's the number one player at his position in this country. He's going, I guarantee you, he's going to Eric, he's going to Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, or Florida State or some shit. He, he's, I don't think that he will sign with Colorado. I just don't see it. And I don't know if you can bait him with his coach. Now, if coach is good enough to get this job in Coach Prime's eyes, then absolutely I think he can do the job. I had a ton of, of uh, faith in Coach O'Boyle. I still think he's a great coach. Just I think the scheme didn't really fit. But I also don't know if – I don't know. I wasn't in the room. All I can do is use the football knowledge I have, which is more than y'all, and try and make a, an honest opinion. And that's what I'm trying to do. But, no, this isn't happening. Uh, Dewey wants to know who is the toughest opponent that you face or the toughest player. The best offensive player I ever played against was Adrian Peterson or Vince Young. Uh, I got them both in my senior year. The best offensive lineman I ever played against was Andre Gerard in practice every fucking day. And if you didn't bring your lunch pail to practice at CU when I played there, you didn't play. They replaced you with another NFL football player. So, yeah, Andre Gerard's the best offensive lineman I ever played against every day at CU. And Peterson and Vince Young are probably the best two offensive players. But, look. I played against multiple Heisman winners, Crouch, who's a bitch, Jason White. You know, the the, the 04 Heisman went to Matt Leinart. We, we played SC twice. We played Carson Palmer, you know, Reggie Bush and Santa McCullough. And 
you know, I, I played defense at CU, so this is all offensive guys to me. So I didn't move to offense until I got in the NFL. Um, couple more. Find somebody that doesn't like me. I need to. There, find... <laughs> there's plenty of people who don't like you. Good. Matt. Find one in here so I can talk to this idiot <laughs> about what we're doing. Um. Okay. I want this one because I want to clear the air on this one. It says you told a recruit, a CU recruit specifically to decommit. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then on national media, you said that Lewis didn't work. It's a crazy statement and a clear jab. Did you call out previous coaches on the national media? Are you fucking serious? Again, are you the Jackson State fan? Do you know how hard I've been on this university and the way they recruit for years? This is you not paying attention to shit. And I didn't tell, tell Talon not to commit. Talon's Dungeon Family and in my program, dog. He, when we spoke on the phone, my dream school offered me, coach, I think I'm going to decommit. What do you want me to do? You want me to like spit in his ear and be like, no, how dare you decommit? Nah, dog. As a coach and a football mentor, I said, Talon, bro. Call coach, tell him what's going on, be a man about this, which of course he did. And he did it. And he moved on with his life and made a decision as a man. So again, I I'm telling people to decommit. What kind of stupid motherfucker are you? Next. <laughs> I I'm trying to scroll through this. The comment section's pretty toxic right now, guys. Good. Let's go. Uh, uh, give me some more of them. I know, it's just there's a lot of troll bait in here. I don't give a shit. Let's go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm under the bridge with him. Let's go. <laughs> I will fight you live on air. Um, At least somebody will fight. The rest of these guys are keyboard warriors. My goodness. Somebody said you can show up to 6-0 Academy. Sure. Yes, you can. Come down. Get some work. We were there at 5 a.m. this morning. Yeah, I don't think they're waking up this early. No, shocker. You're, you're on a fucking schedule to get your ass beat? Um... <laughs> There's just a lot of people trolling. I'm not going to give them the time of day. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? There's a, there's a couple of star questions. There's been some really good questions today, so I don't want to like leave anyone hanging. I'm just making sure that no, I go like, right got there. Every Regarding Chandler, so it was about the money. What did I just say? It was not about money. He got offered by his dream school that hadn't offered him yet. Missouri came in late. To a three-star recruit that should have been a four, who's a hell of a player in Nevada, Missouri, Missouri, and offered him, and he made a decision as a man. It's amazing to me the narrative you guys paint. Um, Tommy Drake wants to talk about the death tones. He commented earlier that he likes your flag. Yep, that white, that white not... pony right there, baby. That's a fucking badass album. <laughs> and Camden Brown has a really good question to help me out. Oh, my God. Um, Camden says, hypothetically, what does a successful season look like to you? Uh, winning a bowl game. <laughs> Next year is a bowl game. Well, I'm not saying we weren't successful this year. I'm saying that our, our floor is so low on expectation that we're content with what we saw. And as a as a alum and as a guy who really cares about that place, I think that's the fastest way to remain mediocre. And I don't understand how the fuck you guys don't understand this. I guess so. Listen, I'm going to probably, I don't want to end the stream. I just need more actual questions from you guys. I think they can hear me. Go ahead, ask your questions, like, subscribe while you're here, do me a favor, like the stream. I would appreciate it, and I'd appreciate more questions. Um, Life of RB4 had a comment here. I appreciate mm. you went to Eagle Crest High School in 2019. Mm -hmm. Got a lot of my teammates into college. Bear Miller, Reese, Jake Wiley. At Shalem Depot. Like, okay, Eagle Crest, hotbed. Reese Atterbury, Michigan. Bear Miller, Stanford. Just and just transferred to Cal. Barrett Miller, his brother, Michigan State. Shailen Depot, safety, Boise State. Jake Wiley, Colorado. Kale Weatherby, right now. Right now. Multiple offers. I don't know where he's going to go. That's his choice. Caden Weatherby, Texas Tech. Like, and I'm, I know I'm missing guys. Like, it, this is what I'm talking about. 6 0 is a foundation and a hotbed for talent. That's all I'm saying. It, use your resources. Use resources. Uh, Smoke want, had another good question. He wants to know about uh, DJ Hackett in 03. He's the reason I started watching CU football. What kind of teammate was he? He's a bad man, bro. DJ Hackett is a hell of a player. Great pro. 
unbelievable work ethic, biggest hands I've ever seen, could just reach out and snatch the ball. Juco guy came in and was really, really good on the other side of Derek McCoy. That was an elite receiving core that year. And then you had Bloom in the slot. Yeah, man, they we threw the hell out of the ball that year. And then, uh, you know, Hackett and McCoy both went to the NFL and Bloom couldn't play anymore because of the NCAA and the bunch of assholes. Uh, you know, and that hurt us the next year, but uh, we found ways to win. That that 3 uh, receiving core was elite. That that first game of the year against CSU was one that I'll remember forever. That lightning game was crazy. Awesome. I think that's a great question. Go to, um, go to Derek right there. Ask me about the O-line coach, and then we'll stop. Oh, I did. Yep, I already highlighted that one. Perfect. Um. Oh, Derek or Kenneth? Well, whatever. Okay, Kenneth says, who do you see coming in to see you to replace the O-line coach? Um, if I mean, if I had to pick, it, uh, Chris Kaplovich just got let go at Michigan State. He followed Mel Tucker there, and he, you know, obviously he followed Mel to Boulder. Um, I'm going to talk to Coach Kaplovich today. I think he's an unbelievably good coach. Just bad situation at Michigan State. I think he could be a name that we could, you know, bring back to Boulder. He knows he knows what it's like here. Um, but I, I don't know that that's not my decision. And you know the. <clears throat> I've been asked the question on social media. I got asked on DMVR bus. Find out, you know, a lot in situations like this about, you know, who's watching and who's not. But when you ask me what I'd like to be the offensive line coach, if Coach Prime sat me down and said, I need your help, you, I need you to be the offensive line coach, I probably wouldn't say no because I could actually help. But at the same time, it's I'm not clamoring for it. I've got three jobs, bro. Um, DB has a quick one. Don't go too crazy here, but what are three things that can be done immediately to make sure CU gets at least eight wins next season? The floor next year is eight wins or primes on the hot seat. Is what DB saying? What do you think? I don't think he'll be on the hot seat, but look, in the NIL era, everybody that was supporting the first three weeks when it was awesome, open your pocketbooks, celebrities, open your pocketbooks, fans. Start contributing to the NIL fund. That's how this is done. You've got to buy players because the top programs are buying players. And graduate transfers that are going to be able to come in and help you win immediately, you need to find five offensive linemen. Well, four. I think Wells is a pretty good center. You need to find four offensive linemen to put around Wells that are professional draft pick caliber players. And then they need to go play their ass off under whoever is guiding them. You need to find a professional tight end. So, like, Cole Taylor last year went to from LSU, Grand Junction High School, Dungeon Family, went to LSU, played for three years, went to West Virginia, balled the fuck out. Well, be, I bet you he's one of the all-Big 12 tight ends this year. I'm just saying, he would have looked good in black and gold. So, that's what I'm saying. You've got to, you, you got to, like, actually go find the guys. And that takes money, period. So, but absolutely not. I don't think he'll be on the hot seat at all now. There's a couple of personal questions in here. Would you ever coach high school football? Uh, I do every morning. <laughs> Been there, done that. Uh, there is a question about you joking about being blind. Yeah, well, look, I wore a shield the entire time I played in college and in the NFL when they let me. I wear sunglasses because I was born blind in my left eye. And I am I love how people want to get, like, real joshy about sunglasses, dog, like, this I, one is I have, very respectful. I have terrible light sensitivity. There's a huge light in my eyes because we're doing a show on YouTube. I mean, I understand that some people don't like sunglasses inside, but you're probably CSU fans. All right. Jack Pereira wants to know, he joined late, but wants to know if this uh, CU O-line issues are coaching or talent issues. Hmm, both. I think that there's a scheme problem that we won't be able to fix because they're going to change it. And I think that there's a talent deficiency at the guard positions and the left tackle uh, everywhere. Yeah, it was just bad. I, I'm not going to sit here and try and like defend it. It was pretty shitty. So they, they've got to fix that. Steve G getting straight to the point. Matt Warren Sapp, is he coming? Question mark. Uh, look, uh, he's on Whitlock's show all the time. So I wonder if people, when he's the D-line coach, because he went on Whitlock's show so many times, are you guys going to give him as much shit? Oh, you're not because you're fanboys and you're going to hold his jock? Look, if Warren Sapp wants to be the defensive line coach here, I'm all for it. Absolutely. But, again, the co position coaches have to go recruit and have to go pound pavement and find guys. 
we can't just ex expect to stock the shelves with big names and then have every kid in the world be like, oh, I can't wait to go to Boulder. I would bet you money. I bet you my pinky. I could ask 10 kids at the gym this afternoon who Warren Sapp is, and I bet you eight of them couldn't tell me. So I'm not saying that he's no one. He's a first ballot Hall of Fame three technique and a bad motherfucker. I'm saying that, you know, recruiting and developing talent is bigger than just defensive line coaching if you're the defensive line coach. So it has to be, it has to be encompassed by the entire gambit. I'll give uh, Body Bagham the attention that they want, saying I'm skipping over the hard questions now. Ask a good question, and maybe I'll highlight it. Orlando Johnson wants to know, hey, Matt, I'm a fan, bro. What are your expectations this recruiting season? Uh, I expect us to win. Like, I, you know, that we've got Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, at the helm. If you don't want to play for this guy, you're a moron. So, like, it, I, I don't think that Talon made the right decision. He made the right decision for himself. But it's not my job to convince him. I don't work at Colorado. I work for him. And when he says, I want to go to my dream school, it's not my job to convince him otherwise. It's my job to present the next question as, do you feel like you can develop better there? Yeah, I want to be around my family. They can come see me play. Okay, well, then that makes sense. So it, I think that on the recruiting trail, it's not just about winning from a star's perspective. Everybody's got to stop with that shit. You've got to find guys that fit your your system and that really want to play for Coach Prime and at CU. That's important, in my opinion. All right. I can't do this much longer. But Derek Thomas wants to know, what's your prediction for CU's record next year? I think they go eight and four. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, they. I don't know who's scheduled North Dakota State, but holy shit, that game scares me. And then I've, they've walked into Manhattan and won several times. So that's a great football team. But I think they, you know, they we beat Nebraska three years in a, three times in a row. I think we go to Lincoln and get a dub there. Although, boy, they are motivated to whip our ass. And I think CSU will be a home game. I know that. All the CSU people in here, bah, fucking bah. Um, and then the, the Big 12 is not the Pac-12. The, the Pac-12 this year was so loaded. So I think if they were in the Big 12 this year, they would have been a seven or eight win team. So I think they'll go eight and four, nine and three. Awesome. Uh, you know what? I think we've had so much success. We need to do this again, but I'm going to ask you to sign off and let the people know who we're sponsored by. Like and subscribe. Uh, big thanks to our title sponsor, Bet Online. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can go on Bet Online and you'll get a 50% uh, remittance back on your first deposit. Uh, if you use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V. Um, it's been a great show this morning. I love all the interaction from the haters to the supporters. We love you all. Um, and again, I'm not real hard to find. So if you've got something on your mind, please come down. We'll have a talk. Uh, but I need everybody to remember something. The pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the timid of the week. And there's no place for being timid right now. And there's sure as hell any place for being weak anymore. So we got to stop saying it and we got to start living it and i think we will so uh yeah have yourself a great day and go buff